Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hi, it's a beautiful day where I am sitting at, and I think it's a beautiful day where my guest is today as well. Thank you for giving us the gift of your time. Hey, how would you like to not only be a six-time Inc. 5000 company, but do it while you're privately funded and have a social mission around your business? And so I love it that our guest is going to give us all sorts of wisdom and insight into his business building, into his company and his teams. So I would love to introduce you to Brian Roland. Brian, welcome to the program. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me on your show. So tell everybody what the brand is that you are leading today. Yes, my brother and I founded Abenity over a decade ago, and we provide corporate perks and benefits, discounts on everything from pizza and the zoo to movie tickets, oil changes, car rentals, and hotels for uh, companies of all sizes to offer to their people as a benefit. Um, we say perks are about people, and all of us are in the people business, and this is one of the most this entertainment benefits realm is one of the most fun benefits to get to serve up to companies. Um, we work with everybody from small employers with less than 150 employees to big guys like MasterCard and U.S. Bank and large alumni associations. And it's, it's a great loyalty product. It's been fun to build over the years. And it sounds simple, but I know it's not. And we've talked about this, that it's, it's a tech company that you have built because of all of the, the background and Tell us how you got inspired to do this. Yes. When I, I went to, I was getting my degree in music business in Nashville and I just was too entrepreneurial for the music industry. And I, so I took a job selling cell phones straight out of school and it was outside sales. Uh, my boss was pretty much like, Hey kid, don't, don't come back until you hit your number. Um, he said, the best way to get your number is to talk to businesses who need a lot of phones at once. Uh, and I was too nervous to talk to businesses about their, their business lines of service. I didn't even know what the acronym CFO stood for. <laughs> and so I was like, Hey, you know what I can do is I can talk to people about their personal cell phones. And I found out that big companies, uh, offer a discount to their employees off their cell phone services. Uh, because of a corporate contract that was in place with the, the wireless carrier. So I'd sit in the break room at Pepsi and talk to employees about getting a personal discount. Uh, I learned I could reach more people by sending out emails. Uh, so I started emailing HR people. I then learned that I could handle the call volume better by having a website that I pointed people to. So I went to my brother who was in grad school at the time. I said, hey, can you build me a website to point these big companies to for their employee discounts on Sprint. And um, the Sprint corporate loved the websites we were building so much that uh, they started having their national account managers use them because we could crank them out more efficiently than their internal tech team. And this, Brian, this I, is, I'm going to interrupt you because I just, yeah. I, I love this piece. I tell people you don't have to wait to be an entrepreneur, like, like learn 
how business works if you need to in corporate first and be the best yep. entrepreneur you can be. And I think, Brian, this is probably the best example I've ever heard of that. Yeah, it's I've always said, look for a gap and fill it. So I just kept seeing gaps that kept me from selling more phones. And I just kept figuring out how to fill it. And so pretty soon, Sprint Corporate is actually saying, hey, use these guys site. Um, it's faster than our internal team. And before you know it, we're representing their Fortune 500 companies for their Sprint discount. And uh, it was a it was a really neat spot there. The, the next gap that showed up is what led to Abenity. And that was I that Sprint sent out the wrong flyer information for their promotional phone or whatever. And so we delivered it to the Walt Disney Company's intranet team uh, to get out to their 200,000 employees. And Disney did their job and updated it. The flyer was wrong. It was creating a <laughs> customer service nightmare. And uh, so we went back to Disney corporate and said, we need you to pull down that flyer and replace with this one. And corporate's like, we've got a lot more important things to do than fool with your little cell phone flyer. And so it took a couple of weeks to get that fixed. So I went back to Disney. I said, hey, look, if we build a platform that manages all your merchant relationships for you, that brings on new merchant relationships, we'll brand it to look like you. You can add in all your own offers. You can remove any that conflict. Would that help you? And they're like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So our first three customers were US, uh, were the US Army, Walt Disney Company, and an Oracle, because I was working with them for cell phones. So out the gate, we had a million potential employees that we could volume negotiate on behalf. And um, we've been we've been doing it ever since. So how is it? I I you know, we talk at Disruptive CEO Nation a lot about co-founders and, and founder relationships. And I just interviewed somebody who was joking about when you have a co-founder. You have to have your agreement in writing, even if it's your brother. So any, any tips or advice for working with a family member or Brian, is it just so glorious? Your brother's name is Mark, right? Mark. Yeah. Is yeah. it just glorious working with Mark all the time? <laughs> it is pretty glorious working with Mark all the time. And, you know, we're, we're unique in the fact, and I know so many business owners that have different partnerships and family and it's complex, but the beauty between me and Mark is we rarely care about the same thing. And so, um, and what I mean is we look at the, we look at the world from completely different points of view. So when he comes to me with something he wants to do, I'm like, I don't even, he's the tech guy. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but if, if you say it's important, go for it. And if I come to him with a harebrained strategic idea, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but you know, just, you know, go for it. And so that, that works. I can count on my hand um, on one hand, how many times uh, we've kind of had a, an issue that took some time to get over because we both cared about it deeply. Uh, we care about what we're doing overall deeply, of course, but when it comes to the day-to-day, -day, uh, we work really great together. And, and so that, that's what makes it work for, for me and him. Well, that sounds fabulous. Hey, I want to talk about your teams. Um, I know that you have and have always had a fully distributed uh, staff base, you know, well yep. before COVID. Um, are your, is your team all over the U.S. or are they still centralized in a certain location? We're just, we're, we're distributed across 10 different states at this point, about 30 of us and um, in every time zone. 
And that the time zone thing is strategic for customer support and the ability to be there for our people and our customers. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it, really we've, we've always put kind of the, the people we're looking for ahead of the, uh, the priority or the project that we're trying to fill. And, and so that has guided, um, the people that came onto our team and we didn't, we never let geography kind of limit us. And that's really because I, I was in Nashville on day one of the company and Mark was getting his master's degree in, in California at UC Irvine. So we were already used to working remotely and um, our employee number three was somebody I knew really well from my last job and trusted. And she was moving to DC and it was like, Hey, that's no big deal. And then her sister, she's like, is great. And so employee number four was in Florida and ultimately her, she married a Navy guy and they got stationed at Guantanamo Bay. And she called one time and she's like, um, could I work from Cuba? And I was like, uh, tell me more Cuba. And she's like, well, Guantanamo Bay. I was like, oh yeah, that's okay. Cuba, that could have some, <laughs> could have some complexities, uh, contractual complexities, but Guantanamo Bay is cool. And she's like, all right. And she's like, they just installed fast internet there. So we'll be fine. I was like, okay, <laughs> go for it. Well, and Brian, I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm going to say hats off because I know I have, um, I have employees in different states and it's not as easy as people think like on the surface, but cause you have to be registered to do business in all of those states and file all your filings. And, um, and so not everybody thinks about that when they're scaling up, yeah. um, yeah. like the complexities of adding an employee in the state of California are quite great. Yes, that is true. And that's where my brother is. So we've been navigating that for a long time. The beginning. Yeah. It, yeah. There there's, um, but anymore running a tech company, um, even nationwide, I mean, you have to be familiar with sales tax law mm-hmm. nationwide. If, you, if you're just because you never know where your people are coming from and you're, you're there's responsibilities and all of that. And we've always found it's those responsibilities um, while they're, they're burdensome, they're, you're, there's so many responsibilities you don't have by having a physical office space and everything that comes along, along with that. And, and then think about the talent you're losing by saying no to great people, just because they can't geographically be where you want them to be. Uh, And so it's, but you're right. There's, there's a lot to it. I also think there's a mindset that you have to have uh, with remote workers um, that if you have, uh, then um, it it solves a lot of, of those problems too. Well, and the one thing that we talked about on the intro, I told our listeners that you are a social entrepreneur and having a social mission has been a part of Abenity from the very beginning. So tell our listeners um, how you express uh, your care for social good. Yeah, I did really well selling cell phones as a 20, goodness, 23 to uh, 26 year old kid. And, and I hit a point where, you know, it it was never really about money. I hit a point where I was making more money than my dad. I wasn't married. I didn't really know what to do with the money. Everybody's introduced me to people to talk about what to do with the money. I just wanted a flat screen and a new trumpet. And once I had those two things, I was like, I don't need anything else. I don't care. And so, um, I hit a point in that career, uh, where I was like, why am I working so hard, um, for more money that is not necessarily 
helping me. Now you grow up, you, you get married, you have kids, all of a sudden you're like, you can never really, you, there's always <laughs> good things that you can be putting your money towards. But as a kid right out of school, I was kind of not thinking that way. And so I didn't have a good why for what I was doing. I'm helping people save money on their cell phone bill. I can give a thumbs up to that, but it wasn't very fulfilling. And so when Mark and I started the company, I said, I need to have a why for what we're doing outside of, of what we're doing. Um, because it's the brand's going to let us down. The products and services are going to let us down. Um, and so we created an output to a cause for every input into the business. Um, I, I published an impact plan in the last year to kind of help other entrepreneurs think through how they could do this as well. Um, but that really gave us a framework that we could work on. And so we knew every problem we solved helped somebody um, that hit our agenda of, of our cause. And, and really, you know, everybody's like, well, what's your cause? I was like, at the time, we're just like, what's the biggest thing we could think of? And it was extreme poverty. You know, like, let's fight for that. And it's the United Nations number one sustainability goal mm -hmm. to er eradicate it by the year 2030. When I say extreme poverty, I'm talking about the 500 million people still in the world who, whose kids are not in school because they're going out to find uh, dirty water for the family to drink and the families who are choosing which of their children to feed today in the developing world. It's, um, and we partnered with a group called World Vision, whose model is they come into a community, they invest 10 to 30 years in that community to bring them to a point of sustainability and then they leave and let the, that community carry on from there. And we had the coolest moment a month ago where world vision called me and said, look, we wanted to let you know that I don't, we don't know how you're going to feel about this, but a hundred of the kids that you're sponsoring are graduating from our program. We're leaving their villages because they've made it on their own. And so we need to find you a hundred more kids um, and you're going to have to say goodbye to these hundred kids that you've been supporting for the last 10 years. And that was, that was a beautiful moment because it's like, we're on track to, uh, to alleviate that problem, um, by that 2030 mark. And so it's, it's been a really fulfilling, um, mission for us that has always given us, us something to fight for. And what I was thrilled to see was employee number three. Uh, cared about this same cause. Employee number four did. It gave them meaningful work. But our our remote culture um, started to to have this alignment around this cause, and and it created shared purpose. And that's a really hard thing to culturally develop is is shared purpose. And that kind of hit this um, this community that shaped around it. And um, and then from there, we were thrilled to see that once the more and more people we told about what we were doing aligned and joined that community and to the point where um, today we even consider it a competitive advantage. Because when we're talking to new customers and we're able to show them, here's the $1.2 million we've given towards extreme poverty um, through our social mission, um, they want to jump in with us. And it's really become a competitive advantage in our, in our space. Well, thanks for sharing that that story. And I think you and I had talked about, you know, these companies that set up as distributed teams um, and, and have built purpose for what they do will still have an advantage compared to these companies that have switched to being distributed teams due to COVID and 
and people still, there's still mm-hmm. an awkwardness around it. It's still not, you know, can people work remote? Yes. But if these companies don't right. still have the right structure around it, you're not going to get everybody to stay with you or survive. Um, I have a couple other questions I want to jump to, Brian. One of the things is you are privately funded and and you you scaled. So what year did you found this company? 2006 was our was our first year. Same year, Blake Makovsky's wandering around South America discovering his Tom's shoes, buy a pair, give a pair campaign. That's good to note. So <laughs> you have, you've you've grown it. And what I love is you've recently just hired a CEO. So tell us what what got you to the point of saying it is time now to bring in a CEO to run this. Yeah, that that is um, that's a great question and really a part of my latest entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you know, I've always said that. As an entrepreneur, I've gone through cycles of content and connecting. Uh, it'd be six six months of building content, and then six months of selling and connecting that content to people. And and really, we uh, we did that in a really fast rhythm for eight or nine years. And it was in the last uh, five years where the development team, the internal infrastructure of the company, um, could not handle the speed of my ideas. Turns out I can think a lot faster than people can actually implement what I'm thinking. And so that caught up to me at a certain point. And, and so we hit a point a number of years ago where um, my brother and I said, well, hey, you know, my latest idea uh, kind of fit into another venture. And so I, I said, well, why don't you guys keep doing what you're doing? And I'll just, I'll, I'll start this new business for us. And um, I really went outside of my team. We launched a different brand uh, and, and that did not work out too well for us. Um, COVID did not help uh, at all, but really it was a recognition for me that what we have at Abenity is very, very special. It's difficult to replicate um, I'm not, um, I'm not just able to keep laying golden eggs. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not that special. And what the business really needed was a level of maturity. that wasn't that exciting for me. Uh, my team started saying, Hey, you know, on our monthly huddles, could we just get, uh, could we do an agenda ahead of time? So we kind of know what's coming. I was like, I, I was like, what, you don't, you don't like the, finger pointing like, Hey, Allison, give me your update for what you're working on. And, and they're like, well, we just like to know what order we're going to be in. I was like, seriously, (laughs) that's going to take me sitting down and doing boring work. And so, and so, uh, and then I had other employees saying, Hey, you know, I I know you kind of coach us along the way, but could we actually have a sit down and just kind of debrief about my performance and just tell me what I could be doing better. I was like, you want like a performance evaluation? I was like, just sit down and just talk about things. And I was like, okay. And, and then new insurance policies, new compliance, new tax laws, all the things that you mentioned in the beginning. I was just like, this is not what I signed up for. And so the realization is like a successful entrepreneur, if they're if their baby becomes everything that you hope it will become, it will most likely outgrow what you're most excited about. And unless you have a lot of outside funding from somebody so that you can keep the CEO title and just hire a deep executive bench, then 
um, it's not going to be the right spot for you to stay in that, that chief executive role. And, and so that was the decision that we made is what was best for Abenity was to shift me into a founder evangelist role and to shift um, someone new into a CEO role and shift somebody new into a president of operations role. And uh, that has been working out beautifully for us and really allowing everybody to leverage their strengths because much to my surprise, there are people who like to make agendas. There are people who like to do performance reviews and um, it's, it's been a and who neat like road. to talk tax law and who liked it. That's still shocking. <laughs> no, absolutely. Hey, Brian, I like to ask my, um, my founders, where do you go to, to refuel any books, any podcasts, any motivational speakers that you like to follow? How do you refuel? Yeah, um, that is, that is a, a great question. Um, I have been a fan, as a Nashville guy, I've been a, a fan of Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership uh, stuff for a long time. Uh, that's really good. Um, we found a lot of inspiration from the 37 Signals guys on mm -hmm. remote work and the way they manage uh, and lead their development teams. Um, and so that's been really cool. I just finished speaking a month ago at the Faith Driven Entrepreneur uh, Conference, which was a really neat outlet of kind of cause-minded businesses who are coming together um, and, and working towards things. And outside of that, I try to pick this horn up off my wall and just get my head um, somewhere different. And I started roasting coffee um, to take my coffee love to a new level um, ah, interesting. as well. And so a lot of times just having creative space that's not focused on the business is where a lot of business inspiration comes from for me too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, what keeps you up at night? What are the, what are the stresses? I know one thing we talked about was what it's like to, to have a tech platform and then work with like a MasterCard or a U.S. bank, um, anything in the tech space that kind of keeps you up at night or that you're like, oh, we got to stay ahead of this trend or this issue coming up? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Well, obviously, if I thought deeply about any of these things, they would keep me up at night because, you know, we... They get keeps operating. Mark up at night. Yeah, more, more right, more Mark. Um, it, that's what keeps everybody locked in fear from doing anything. It's like we do. We do have millions of members across every state, working with thousands of merchants. So anything could go wrong at any time. And, um, but you know, I, I think I think for me, what's most interested in me is continuing to grow and drive a connected team culture as we're growing aggressively because really we're any business is only as good as the people operating together within it. And that, um, that is where the, the faster you move, um, the, the tendency is to communicate less with your people and just make decisions. And that causes waves and ripples inside, especially smaller organizations that are, are hard to overcome. Um, we, we lost some really good people in the past just because, some tough decisions we had to make, some communications were made quickly that um, we should have included more people than we did in the decision-making process. Um, and, and so that's the hardest, I think, for me, is as we continue to grow, um, there's a lot of people we care about deeply in the business. We have a business objective um, to accomplish, but 
taking care of our people along the way is, is always going to be my priority. Cause again, you know, I expect um, business to be hard. I expect the product to not last forever. Um, I, you know, I, I expect for competitors to give us a hard time. Um, and so it's, it's really the, and I, I have thick skin for that, but the people in my life that get affected by the thing, those things happen around me. That's not, not everybody is, has that, the, that entrepreneurial skin to kind of roll with those punches. And so that, that's probably what bothers me the most. Thank you for sharing that. That was very um, authentic what you said there. And I, I can really appreciate the faster you move, um, the less you communicate. Cause I know as a leader, I suffer from that at times. I think we all do, especially if you're a driven, a driven person um, to make sure you take the deep breath and go, Hmm, does everybody know what they need to know? And have I included all those views? Brian, I like to ask my guests as we close out, if we came back and talk to you in two to three years, what's the vision? What, what do you hope the story is that you're telling me um, a couple of years down the road? Yeah, our, our big initiative right now, we've done an awesome job serving the needs of the Fortune 500 with amenities, perks, and discounts. And smaller companies with less than 150 employees, they have never had access to this, these kind of benefits for their people. And um, as the smaller employer is becoming more distributed um, because of just kind of this, this new... Um, new pursuit of remote work that we all have. Um, our, our platform is really working hard to make sure that small businesses have access to these same corporate perks and benefits that we offer to the big guys. Um, and, and with that, uh, I've got a code founder 150 that any small business listeners can go use to save $150 off their first m- month of a perks program. Um, and um, I hope I'm telling you in a few years that, that we have, we've built up a network of thousands of small businesses who are offering the same perks that the big guys have only ever offered before. Well, the war on talent is here, and that's for sure. I think when you are out there trying to recruit anything that is your advantage, and as you said, when you're a small business, you often can't do those things. So for $150 a month to give your, even if it's 12 employees, this type of access, it it's huge. I mean, the research on what keeps an employee at a, at a company. I mean, we all know like, you know, number one reason people leave is if they just don't like their direct boss, but all those other things that you build in your business ecosystem to help retain that talent is completely worth it. It's worth every penny. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. For our listeners, we are going to put Brian's offer in the um, this episode description. So depending on where you're listening to this podcast, if you missed it, you could always go to disruptiveceonation.com and look up this episode and it'll be there. If you liked what Brian shared, um, share this message with somebody else. Brian, how can people get a hold of you and learn more about your company? Thanks. As, as I've been getting used to being in a founder role, I've been debriefing the last decade of our success through um, some articles on brianroland.com. So I'd love you to check those out. They're my rules of engagement for how to communicate with a remote team. You can download the impact plan for how to consider building a social mission of your own. Um, also I'm looking for entrepreneurs to connect with me by text messages through a a text community that I have. 
So you can get the rules of engagement or the impact plan uh, by texting to the phone number 615-802-6853. Just text impact for the impact plan or rules for my remote team rules of engagement. Thank you so much for sharing that. And to my listeners, if you haven't had a chance to pick up my book, which has wonderful case studies similar to Brian's, it is building your brand, make business happen in a global economy. Um, until we speak again, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Brian, it's been a delight to speak with you today. Thank you, Allison. You too. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.